It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Jason Perry with the Hinckley Institute of Politics. I'm joined by my great co host, Morgan Mayancotti, also with the Hinckley Institute. This has been a very interesting afternoon, Morgan. All things connected, but so interesting uh, as we get into the details on them. It's fun. It's been yeah. interesting. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I have too. And been entertained. Oh, if you can be entertained and educated at the same time, that's some kind of program. Well, it's going to continue now with our next guest because we're going to talk a little about ranked choice voting uh, and how uh, maybe it's impacted our convention, but also how it would have impacted our primary with some legislation coming up. So happy to introduce to the program Corey Holdaway, owner at KMH Government Affairs and Consulting. Uh, And and Corey, also not only that, but a former member of the House, also a lobbyist for for the UAA. UEA, you've done a lot of a lot of good in the state, Corey. <laughs> uh, it just means I've been around a long time. That's all, I mean, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you as we get ready to ask you a couple of questions because we want to hear it, Corey. I want to make sure our viewers because there may be a couple of questions about this one. So I want to make sure that the those who are listening right now know if they want to give us a question, please do throw through do so through the Utah Community Credit Hotline. Text your comments to five seven five zero zero. You want to stump Corey Holdaway? This is the chance. You ready for that, Corey? I'm ready for it. Okay, so I'd love to just jump right in. And Morgan and I both have a few questions about this ranked choice voting, particularly about this piece of legislation that may come forward uh, this year uh, to put this into play officially for the state. We have some of this, but maybe you can take for a second. And this is important, Corey, because I'm hoping you can explain ranked choice voting in a way that people are still going to keep listening. Great. Uh, (laughs) In fact, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Just by way of introduction, We've been uh, pushing or, or encouraging uh, ranked choice voting in the state for a number of years. In fact, it started back in the early 2000s uh, at a convention. Uh, the Republican convention had uh, instant runoff voting or ranked choice voting at a, a couple of different conventions. Um, as you alluded to, uh, there's a couple of legislators, uh, Representative Winder and uh, Senator uh, Kurt Bramble, who are interested in uh, in moving the agenda, uh, ranked choice voting agenda, forward a little further uh, to allow it in primary elections so that if we have uh, an occurrence that uh, uh, happened this past year where we have more than two candidates running in a uh, running for an election, um, we don't end up with a plurality or less than 50 percent that uh, that would be able to use ranked choice voting in order to get to a majority uh, representation of, uh, of who we want to be uh, the candidate going forward. So when, uh, Representative Winder and, uh, and uh, Senator Bramble have, uh, have expressed an interest to, to pursue that in the next uh, 2021 legislative session, and we're hopeful that we'll be able to, uh, to get that moved forward. And, Corey, Forgive me if I'm wrong, but the way this works is so, you know, Thomas Wright got 8% of the vote. So the way ranked cho- choice works is all the people Morgan, you, put in. You, you're, their... cu- you're cutting out on me a little bit. 
I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that so? I'm just trying to say so for the gubernatorial election. You know, Thomas writes eight percent. Those people's second choice. That then those votes would have gone to either Cox, Huntsman, or Hughes until we yeah. would have gotten a majority. Yeah. yeah let, so let, I'm. Fact, oh, go on. Let me walk you through that. Um, in fact, uh, Utah ranked choice voting. We did a mock uh, ranked choice voting. Uh, well, we'll call it a poll um, before the uh, the election ended. And uh, interestingly enough, that mock election played out fairly closely with uh, with how it uh, how it would have ended or how it ended uh, at the end of the day with uh, Huntsman and uh, and Cox, uh, the two candidates left. And then uh, um, but basically what happens in uh, in this case is uh, Thomas, who got eight percent in the first round of voting. Would uh, would be dropped off the the ballot, and then his second choice, the people that uh, chose Thomas as their first, their second choice would then come into play, and those ballots would then be distributed between um, Cox, Huntsman, and Hughes. And then when Hughes dropped off, Hughes's second place votes came into play for. Huntsman and Cox, um, and that's largely what uh, what we're trying to get at is uh, is a fifty percent plus one uh, majority representation rather than a, uh, a thirty or thirty five percent representation of the voters. So yeah, I'm so um, glad you clarified it's, that. It's, we've we've had people call simple. the Hinckley Institute. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just saying we've had people call the Hinckley Institute saying, hey, can you explain this? And so many people get worried that if I choose the third or fourth place, then you just delete my vote. So I'm so glad you explained this. But I've also got to say I'm curious because you said you ran some polls. So would the you know, would we still have had Cox as the winner of the primary, do you think? Well, let me let me just make make it clear that uh, it wasn't necessarily a poll and it, and definitely unscientific we had about uh a little under 2000 people on that went online and tried ranked choice voting um uh, as part of uh our our uh promoting it um and at, at the end, at the end of the day um governor uh huntsman ended up winning by I think it was less than one percent. Um, wow. It was just—I mean, it was—it was that close. Uh, so we knew going into uh, to the election that it was going to be nip and tuck. Um, at least if if rank, well, I, I shouldn't say we knew uh, since it was unscientific, but we had a good idea that it was going to be uh, a very close race. No, Corey, I'm I'm curious about sort of the um, the how people view this as being uh, legitimate in terms of their vote. In, in, some, in some ways, what you described is some of these candidates are kind of running for number two, right? So uh, I just want to make sure I'm the second, the second place on everyone's ballot. And so if you think about it in that respect, I'm just kind of curious how this plays out. Because, you know, there's the, there's the argument with what just happened, where you've got uh, Spencer Cox with 36.2% of the vote, which means, you know, mm-hmm. you know 60, 60 plus percent of Utahns voted for someone else. Uh, so you have that argument right there. Say, well, we didn't really have 50% plus one. But you also have the second half where there's a pretty good percentage of Utahns who are getting their second choice. You know, uh, just kind of give your the virtues of both of those approaches as, as they relate to ranked choice voting. 
Yeah, yeah. And in fact, uh, the, the value that we see in terms of ranked choice, using ranked choice voting as, an, uh, as a process is that we, uh, we see that where it's been tried in other places, uh, the types of campaigns that are run are much less uh, confrontational. It's, it's more issue-based because obviously you're trying to get the first position um, in a ranked choice voting election. You want the, 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 the first spot. But in the event that somebody has somebody else in mind, uh, then you're asking them for the second place and and for fear, you know, you don't want to alienate any one of the, uh, the candidates' uh, uh, voters necessarily. You want to stay on issue uh, with regard to what you can bring to a, uh, uh, an elected office and, uh, and thereby um, hopefully being able to pick up the second-place position um, if, uh, if their candidate uh, wasn't successful. So let's, let's use Thomas as an example. My wife. We've got about 20 seconds left, too, uh, Corey. Okay. All right. Um, let me just say, dropping the uh, the lowest uh, one to receive the election then allows uh, those second place votes not to be lost, but uh, but to continue to be in play until we get to the 50 percent. Uh, it's just so interesting how this could play out. Uh, we're so glad to have you with us, Corey. Very insightful. You explained it very well, enough that it could stay on our agenda. We're so glad to be with you today. Coming up next is Jeff Kaplan and Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News. Thank you so much for being with us today. And Morgan Lyoncotti. Happy to be here. It was fun. Thank you.